All right, welcome back everybody to the Fantasy Hockey Taxi Squad pod, Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are back again with the Week 1 Weekend Preview. So, Jay, start up the fairs and let's get into it. Welcome in, everybody. We are your hosts, Craig, Jay, and Alan, the Fantasy Hockey Taxi Squad, here for you tonight on tonight's show. We have the week, week one weekend preview. How's it going, guys? Welcome back. Pretty exciting time. We're recording tonight on the uh, October 10th, as puck drop has already happened. Alan, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on the Tampa Bay game, and we are actually recording during the second period of the Chicago Pens game, and I believe the third game tonight is Vegas against the Kraken. So very exciting time, not only for the pod, but for the listeners and the hockey community and hockey fans everywhere. How are you guys doing tonight? How are we feeling? Excited? Hockey's back. It's like Christmas. Oh yeah, fantasy season, boys. Fantasy season. It was really exciting to see throughout the Tampa Bay game, especially in the early goings, uh, some of our listeners in the Discord and on Twitter, just people freaking out from deployment and, you know, surge versus headman on the power play. And then it seemed to kind of all net out quite equally for both of the power play, quote unquote, 1A, 1B quarterbacks in Tampa. And then you've seen a similar reaction with Latang and Carlson's deployment in the Pens Chicago game that is happening right now. I don't know if you guys uh, had any thoughts on the early goings of the of the first stages before we jump into the weekend preview. Johansson didn't look terrible. I feel like he, I'm not saying he's as skilled as him. His play style reminds me of Bishop, where it's more position rather than Vasilevsky, like to his namesake is like a fucking cat, like chasing after the puck like it's a laser pointer. Nick Paul on that net front at the, on the power play, man. I'm center left wing. I'm sure he's uh, he is already, but I'm sure tomorrow he's going to be one of the most picked up players in uh, whatever format you're playing. Yeah, Na- Nashville looked real slow at the gates. They looked kind of clunky and all over the place. I don't know if that was just because they might have been overwhelmed playing Tampa. I, I don't know. I don't really have a thought on that, but t- they seem to come on in the third period a little bit. But Tampa looked... Tampa looked prime and ready to go, man. You must be excited. They played 40 minutes of hockey instead of 20. But no, your boy Tommy Novak, man, I mm, he's uh if he wasn't center only, like he uh yeah, he might be worth a pickup or a stream or something. Look, he's so no he's- Nick Paul. He won't be one of the top added Yahoo people out there, but I think I touched on it in the the division going back to the division previews in our preseason content. Don't be surprised if he takes at, uh, the one C from Ryan O'Reilly and supplants himself on that power play unit in Nashville because of what he did last year. And quite frankly, what he looked like tonight, he looked pretty good and continued to look like he's going to be one of the drivers of their offense down in, down in Nashville with, for the Preds. So again, get some exciting young pieces down there that need to support Forsberg and Yossi if they're going to score at all, keep an eye out on that team. And Tampa's going to be Tampa. They're just too damn good. What do you think, Jay? 
Barry on PP1. <laughs> I'm so curious because I'm, I'm trying to look right now to see that box score. But what was the final breakdown of the power play on the Tampa Tampa side? I Percentage-wise, I couldn't tell you, but it looked like Hedman started like on that first unit. But then as the game went on, there was one time where Hedman started that first power play but then it surge came on. Okay. And it was still the same forwards. Like it was okay. it's pretty maybe maybe 60 40 70 30 and again as with anything that happens tonight sample size of one <laughs> don't blow your team up don't try to sell headman high <laughs> or drop latang. Yeah, let everybody take a breath. Everything's going to be okay. It's night one of the season. Latang's going to be okay. Carlson's going to be good. Sergachev's going to be good. Hedman's going to be good. My God, Jay might be right that Corey Perry's on PP1 in Chicago. Bedard's release is disgusting, but that team is really bad. I'm really concerned with, with the skill level around the kid. He's going to have to do a whole lot himself to produce. I think he's going to do that just because of his high-level skill, but you're seeing against a, re- a really good team tonight, it's going to be tough sledding for him when he plays against good teams because he's essentially by himself as the highest skilled best player on Chicago surrounded by a bunch of who knows, but Hey, watch out Ryan Donato score tonight. And he's still on that top line. I bet you he's up there with your boy, Paul as the most added Yahoo player by tomorrow morning, if not already got to chase those points scored yesterday. My goodness though, like NHL.com. They had like its heyday in like the 2011, 2012 setup where every stat was findable, every stat was look upable. And then now, I can't even find power play or shorthanded time on ice on the official NHL website. Thank goodness ESPN, which is almost hilarious to say on a fantasy hockey podcast, but uh, thank goodness ESPN has some time on ice stat that's broken down into shorthanded or in power play and it does seem yeah like headman sergachev and oh no i i stand completely corrected no oh my gosh that's a huge I difference stand corrected. Uh, headman got 626 and Serge <laughs> got a minute 50 I, I was looking at the shorthanded time on ice i am completely wrong Headman stonks to the moon. Again, it's game one. It's a 90-10 split right now. It's game one, though, everybody. Just take a breath. Serge is going to be fine. He got 23 minutes of total time on ice, and he got, I believe, a point, a few shots, a block, a, two blocks. Like, he's going to be just fine. He's got he's got his role. You know, the, Nick Paul's not going to stay on power play one. Allen probably knows better than me, but... I. Wouldn't object if he stayed right there. He looked you give, good. You give eight million dollars to Hagel. He's going to get some run on power play one, just like Serge is going to get some power play one time as well, uh, at some point. All right, so let's not get too deep into uh, a game and a half of the NHL season. Some exciting stuff. Some it's generated some buzz on Twitter and in the Discord from the five hole community. But let's jump into the weekend preview uh, and give the people what they want, some schedule insight, some streaming insight. But we'll kick it off a little bit with some injury updates and some storylines from the league. First and foremost, Rupe Hints 
to everybody's dismay, unfortunately, is dealing with a injury that is not designated. He does not have a timeline to return, and I couldn't find an update even before we jumped on tonight on his status. So I would say he falls in with the other two guys I'm going to talk about. If you are a Hints owner, you know, be mindful that he might not be ready for game one of the season, which means some opportunity, which I think I saw on Twitter earlier today when this came out, that Sagan was getting a little bit of practice time at 1C. Daily Faceoff has no update in terms of any designation, but he was day-to-day as of earlier today and did not practice today. Uh, so his status is up in the air for at least game one and heading throughout the rest of the first week of the season. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, also day-to-day, did not practice. It looks like he's going to m- most likely be a game-time decision. And from the last report I saw, most likely will miss game one of the King season. Same with Logan Couture. He was also day-to-day. So the 2C in San Jose, let's say their third best player behind Eklund and Hurdle. Looks like he's going to miss the start of the season uh, with an undisclosed injury. But the big one for those that own him is Svechnikov uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. He is listed as day-to-day, but the reports out of practice he did not practice and it looks like he will not travel with the team on their first road trip which is six games long which means you won't see him in the canes lineup until most likely next weekend at the earliest this is his knee which means he looks like he had a setback from his injury from last year not great news for somebody that everybody was most likely expecting to take a pretty good leap this year and be a big strong contributor like Natchez was last year uh, in the Canes lineup. Hopefully it is exactly what they say, you know, one in a week and a half rest and then he's full 100% going into mid-October for the Canes there and for fantasy owners that own him. Some news and notes from around the league. Rasmus Dalin, everybody I'm sure saw, got the big bag of money. <laughs> and I saw a lot, I saw a couple of interesting notes on Twitter just after that happened, just like some people saying that they gave him too much and this, that, and the next thing. Let's make one thing clear Rasmus Dalin is a young, stalwart defenseman. He does everything that you want in a one. A defenseman. Eleven million dollars is a lot. I understand that, but he's only what twenty three, twenty four. Like I, I wish Toronto had Rasmus Dahlin. For those who think that we're biased Leafs, like please, I, I will give that bag of money as a Leafs fan to Rasmus Dahlin to play for the Leafs. Uh, Chris, I think- just checking first. That was Rasmus Sandy that you said for a second, and I was like, man, are we, he, he's nice. great, but are we giving him eleven and a half? He could million? be, but uh, we he could have been a stalwart defenseman for Toronto, which you traded. Oh, so God. let's make sure I'm very clear. It's Rasmus Dahlin that got the bag of money from the Buffalo Sabers, not Rasmus Sandin who now is with the Capitals. And Rasmus Dahlin is paid as a top five defenseman because he is a top five defenseman in the league. And I think we talked about there's things out there and you'll hear things about the Norris Trophy and all of those things. If the Sabres season goes the way we had a consensus it could, then making the playoffs, being a, a real team in the Eastern Conference, I think Darlene is could easily be in the Norris conversation. 
if he puts up even a similar season to last year and the Sabres make the playoffs. So, you know, well done, Buffalo, locking up one of your key pieces long-term. Anaheim should take some notes and pay Zegris instead of bridging him. And maybe Toronto should take some notes too and find a 1A defenseman that's worthy of a bag of money like that. Two other interesting signings that I surprised me, and I know surprised Alan, I think surprised a few other people in the fantasy hockey community and the hockey community in general, was Mark Scheifele and Hellebuck signing identical eight-year terms, or sorry, seven-year terms at $8.5 million each in Winnipeg. Both players, you know, there goes one of my contract year guys, and there goes one of Alan's potentially tr- traded to, takes, the, yeah. to a contender uh, in Hellebuck. But good on Winnipeg, showing their fans that they're committed to the core and Shifley and mid-tier, strong finishing centermen, locked up long-term and one of the best goalies in the league when he's on his game, locked up long-term. I think it's a smart move, surprising move though, to pay both of them this identical term and and money. But hey, good good on the Jets and good on the Sabers locking up some of their core pieces long term. And eight point five for Hellebuck, yeah, I know that's a lot of money for a goalie, but I think he's still up in. The- no, someone would have given him the bag. They someone would have given him carry. What Price are we saying? Like he's top five in the league? I would I would say that right easily. Oh, yeah. And capable, at least for now, of a, a full starter's workload, like 55, 60-plus starters. Yeah, I mean, I it's, think- no, it's no 10, 10 for Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think if Hellebuck can be Hellebuck, I think he's a guy that could be in the Vesna conversation almost every year, right? So I think it's smart. Smart move by the Jets to lock these two guys up, your 1C and your starting goaltender. And then just a a quick note that came into, I guess, the limelight of this game that's on right now as we're recording is Gensel is back uh, ahead of schedule. He was on line one, power play one with Crosby. So that's a, a key piece to probably a lot of fantasy people that had drafted him and had him on his on their IR or their IR plus spot and obviously a key piece for the Pens. Uh, heading into the season. He was taken at 74 in fan tracks. Line 1 PP1 with Crosby, 74th overall. My goodness. And and who did I tell you guys he was going to bump off of PP1? Not Ricky Rax, okay? (laughs) Ricky Rax is still on (laughs) PP1 as of tonight. Maybe it doesn't last, but still right now, Ricky Rax is on PP1 with the pens, and Gensel is back. Yeah, I think that brings us from news and notes and injuries uh, right into what's going on this coming weekend and the schedule, the upcoming schedule. So, Alan, why don't you uh, take the people through the upcoming schedule where we can see some streamers fitting into our our lineups heading into Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, of this week? Well, unfortunately, no one has that sweet spot of Friday and Sunday. I don't know if anyone will get this in time to make make changes on it, but Carolina and Ottawa do play on Wednesday, which is about when we'll release this, and then Sunday off nights. Arizona, Jersey, Pittsburgh, and Washington play Friday, and then if you want the Sunday, Ara- or Anaheim, Carolina, Ottawa, and Tampa play Sunday. To me, a guy to get pick up for the Friday and then 
carry through to next week, uh, one of Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmaltz, and Logan Cooley. Yeah, they they only play Friday for this week, but depending how your weekend shakes out, hold them for week two. They have the Monday, Tuesday back to back next week. Someone I got I got a plug. We plugged him on the the waiver wire episode, and tonight he's got a goal and five shots. Brian Rust, right wing on the Pens, actually playing top line with Crosby. No power play one time, which is where you want to be, but he's he's got some, he's on the board tonight. Just because Jersey, none of those top six you're going to be able to get. Probably the guys you want to look at are, I don't know, Andre Pilat. He's only two percent owned. Line three, power play two. But I, personal opinion, former Lightning player, he's more of a real hockey player than a fantasy. So uh, if Eric Haulua comes back, I'd look at him. And Jay, it looks like you have uh, you have quite a bit here on this too. And I'll, uh, I'll let you take it away. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Um, okay, so just the guys know already that I'm super big into streaming. Like Craig's already joked about me burning down my team and you know streaming it mercenary style. The big one, I think, schedule-wise for this week is already covered by Allen. There isn't really that great of a bonafide team to, I guess, snack and steal. Obviously, 28 teams play on Saturday, which means that your bench is going to be full no matter what. What you're really just trying to focus on is any team that's going to play, and I know, I don't know if it'll get out in time for the episode, but Wednesday... And honestly, even Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday seem to be almost these strange off nights. And I'm not saying Thursday is going to always work that way, but it just happens to make it so that you'd be able to roster a lineup, even if you had a team that was playing on Thursday or a streamer that you could add to your lineup on Thursday. In terms of specific teams... There is a lineup that was already mentioned before by Raj, but just to reiterate in case any listeners, I guess, like have some last-minute decisions, hopefully you had some Chicago guys. Those Chicago guys are going to be droppable on Wednesday, which means if you can jump on exactly like Alan described, any New Jersey guys for the next Thursday, for the coming Thursday and Friday game, then you'd have potentially two, I guess like two days that you could shore up your lineup, get any last games in. So that's your Carolina Hurricanes, that's your Ottawa Senators, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Anaheim. Um, All those players and all those teams, uh, please just look into your league, those specific teams. So Carolina, Ottawa, Tampa, Anaheim. Look for those teams. See who's open, see who's available. It's really bizarre. Like, Carolina, obviously, there's the blender. But uh, the other team that is probably ripe for mining is Anaheim. Everybody on Anaheim seems to have potential power play one deployment in terms of players you could possibly pick up. There's Drysdale around. Cam Fowler is surprisingly pretty, pretty undrafted as well in many leagues. Anaheim... I'm not going to get too deep into them because I do want, obviously, for our listeners uh, to stay focused on week one and not get rambled into week two. But Anaheim is a pretty interesting team to hold over the weekend because their schedule in week two is pretty good, possibly pretty good too. But let's not get too hammed up. Let's just say if you can get into 
I guess, a midweek bite of the Devils. Any guy, he's just going to add a little couple games in. And then on the weekend, look for either Carolina player, an Ottawa player, a Tampa player, or an Anaheim player to kind of shore off your weekend, ensure you get the win, and then roll into next week fresh with your new ads. Oh, back to you, Craig. Yeah, I think I think I like the strategy, Jay. I think it's all it is about schedule maximization. But like this is how in a reality, in real time, as we're talking tonight, again on October tenth, how reactionary the fantasy world can be. Your top three ads, if you take Mirazik out from a game and a half, is Ryan O'Reilly, Nick Paul, and Ryan Donato. Everybody just take a deep breath, okay? <laughs> yes, streaming is important. Yes, you want to maximize the schedule. Yes, you want to know how to do so and identify those streamers. But I think everybody's just going to be super hyper excited right now because it's opening night and opening week. We have to slow down and then speed up, I think. Once you understand and then identify the weaknesses in your lineup, it's then understanding who the bottom tier of your lineup is and then looking to sub them out. I think an effective strategy, which we've talked about offline, is for from week one on, is that if you've identified those bottom tier guys or that one guy you can kick to the curb and use as a streaming spot is who can you pick up going forward with that intent to have that as your weekly streaming spot. And that would bring us, you know, to some of Alan's suggestions for the weekend. Like I, I really like, you know, Pulling at that Arizona team, you know, there's, you know, there, like you said, Alan Hate, Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmoltz, and Logan Cooley, all very re- readily available. And they have, you know, they only have the Friday only, but as Jay said, looking to stretch that single stream from this week, you can hold them for an early week stream, get two extra games for next week, whether it's one or two of them. And then you can drop them looking to maximize scheduling because next week is more of a normal week where you have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday off night, right? But going back into this weekend preview, like Brian Rust is is a nice one, Alan, and he looks he looks pretty solid tonight. He is flying around there. He, I saw an interview he did apparently before the game with one of the Penn's beat reporters, and he said he's expecting himself to have a bounce back year because he did not like how he played last year. So that's an interesting direct from the player saying that he wants to be better. So definitely somebody, especially if he's going to continue to roll with Crosby, even in, even if it's on the second line with Malkin, everybody should have him on their radar even beyond this week. You know, I, I don't think it's a great weekend for streaming to be to be perfectly frank, because we don't have a lot of people playing Friday and Sunday. The strategy is to look to Jay's point beyond if you're doing one or two pickups, who can you hold for those early games next week and then drop them come to Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and then maximize beyond. I think that takes us right into goalie streamers. And we mentioned these guys on the week preview, but I think it's important with Peter Morazic being the second 
most added player in Yahoo right now. It looks like people are already searching for goalie streams. So to note that going into the weekend is important for those that may be concerned about hitting their goalie uh, starts. So you're looking at uh, Forsberg from the Sens. Both games are at, are at home. I would imagine they would, he'll most likely get the front half of the back-to-back against Philly on Saturday. But both games would be viable because Lightning, Lightning is traveling, and I believe they're coming off a of back-to-back as well on the, sat- the Saturday and Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So you're either getting a tired Lightning team on Sunday from Forsberg, or you're getting a weaker opponent in Philly on Saturday with Forsberg at home. Also can look at uh, Yakira Schmid with with the Devils. He will get uh, one of the games on Saturday or Sunday. Or is it Friday, Saturday, Alan? Correct me. Uh, Friday. Yeah, so he'll either get Friday or the Saturday game. Most likely, again, if previous year's strategies hold from the NHL, the backup usually gets the first half of the back-to-back, which would be the Arizona game on the Friday uh, from Carolina, which is also Friday, Saturday. He will get the front half of the back-to-back. Anti-Retina will get the front half. We'll get one of the starts for Carolina this coming weekend against either LA or Anaheim. From a preference standpoint, if I were to look to stream him, Anti-Retina, I'd be looking, hoping he gets that Anaheim start, not the LA start. Strong team in front of him. And if you need to hit your goalie starts or you're looking to pump your goalie starts, you can't go wrong with one of the Carolina goalies, especially when they're both healthy. You might as well take advantage of that until one of them gets hurt. How about Alan? How about your thoughts on uh, some big boy bangers uh, for the people heading yeah, into the buddy. weekend? So somehow, assistant captain of Team Big Boy Banger, Radko Gudis, is still only forty five percent owned. That's all he does is freaking hit. Come on. So if hits are important, you're scoring it all. Absolutely, someone to pick up, even if it is just for those hits. And then my next two absolute homer picks, Tanner Janot, left wing, right wing. So you maybe even be able to fit him in on Saturday. Uh, He's only 25% owned. I think it looked like tonight he was playing on the fourth line, but he does have some scoring pedigree. Um, So he's got the hits with the point upside. And then uh, lastly, defenseman, only good for hits and blocks, Eric Chernak. He hits, he blocks. He fights just like Ivan Drago, who he resembles. But yeah, those are. Uh, Chernak had guys. four hits tonight on uh, not just over 19 minutes time on ice. He's definitely in the big boy bangers conversation. It hits ho- close to home for me from our uh, five hole taxi squad listener league and my opponent having Chernak and just, you know, somehow getting nine points out of four hits but we could talk to our commissioner jay about about the settings there after after uh, the show uh so that brings us into you know i think everybody and the listeners and the team here knows my favorite topic is the watch list guys and i think this kind of goes hand in hand with opportunity deployment and what's happening next week from a scheduling standpoint you're looking at Ridley Grigg from the Ottawa Senators has a big opportunity there now as they're at 2C on line two with Batherson and uh, Matthew Joseph. Uh, no power play time. 
as of yet, but we'll see how that. And they still haven't signed Shane Pinto. So yeah, like he's probably very secure in that line too. This kid hits too. So like he's kind of a a big boy banger with some scoring upside being in the top six with Ottawa. And I don't, uh, to your point, Alan, if Pinto remains unsigned and Norris's status seems unclear and they did put him on IR this week as well, he will be there second line center for the foreseeable future and that will probably lead him into some power play time but at being in the top six and being a bit of a banger i think there's some really good opportunity there uh and then i'm going to take us back to the well and the listeners back to the well the we're going to call these guys i think moving forward the five hole taxi squad well team the calgary flames again because he has now Looks like he's going to get some run on power play one. Matt Coronado. He is right wing, line two, and now was practicing on power play one as of today. So that means, you know, as Jay would say, to the moon now because he gets that power play one deployment. Whether that holds long term or not remains to be seen. For next week especially, I'm probably going to stream this guy. I do have him in a couple of my deeper leagues. But for next week especially, they have four games next week, three off nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So he is a very viable streamer, although only eligible for right wing and utility or skater spots. I still think he's a very viable streamer from a deployment standpoint alone and an opportunity standpoint alone. He'll be on that second line with Kadri and Sharon Govich. And that's another guy that Raj brought up in the week preview. Igor Sharankovich because of that prime schedule next week, having three off nights, and he's readily available in most leagues also, and and dual eligible center left wing on that line too with Kadri and Carinato. He's a viable streamer option for those looking for one from Calgary's standpoint next week. Just doesn't come with the power play time that Coronado looks like he's going to get at least to start the season. And then an a sneaky my guy that I've talked about several times throughout our shows since we kicked off things as the taxi squad. I'm a little disappointed because it looks like he's been bumped off pa, uh, line one in Columbus, at least for now. But Kirill Merchenko, he still looks like he's going to get some run on power play one. He's on line three. If I'm not mistaken, it's still with Fantilli, which is which is still a nice little bump for him at even strength. Yes, he's with Fantilli and whoever Justin Danforth is on the third line at even strength, but he's still projected to be on the right side on their power play. They don't have four games next week, but they have three games next week, which are two are on off nights. Again, position of scarcity, a right winger, uh, shoots the puck a lot, good finisher, should put up at least a goal next week, I would imagine, if he holds that power play one deployment couple of guys from the taxi squad to keep in mind from uh from heading into next week and i'm sure we'll have more on those guys heading into the week two preview coming into uh the beginning of next week for you guys any closing thoughts jay allen uh on our first rendition of the weekend preview Chicago is up on Pittsburgh three two. What's what's going on? Yeah, some guy named Gutman scored their second goal. I have no right. idea who that is. <laughs> Bedard, Bedard instead of for Calder. Is this Bedard for the cup? What's going on here? <laughs> um, for for serious notes, uh, walking into this first weekend, Allen really touched it off best. 
no real solid Friday, Sunday teams to aim for. So really what you're hoping at the end is to snag a team that could maybe play on either a Friday, Sunday, and hopefully next week actually roll in and be a double add almost as a hold, a add and hold for end of week one, beginning of week two. The one team that matches that category is or are the Coyotes and you would hold them for week two, Monday, Tuesday, after they play on an off night on Sunday. Keep in mind, that's their very first game of the season, their very first game of the season away to the Devils. So take that what you will. I mean, I guess they are playing the Devils on the back half of a back-to-back, but first week in terms of tons of immediate teams standing out for value ads it's not really there there should be more spicy ads on week two yeah no um like i said it's uh for some reason chicago's beating pittsburgh right now with i think less than three minutes left in the game yeah i think the message is clear here for everybody you know this is a the week one schedule is a little weird there isn't a lot of exciting stuff for the week weekend in terms of schedule maximization it's thinking a little bit ahead it's thinking about who you can bring in early next week and maybe maximize some hits and blocks for yourself in your week one matchup whether that's friday or sunday like alan touched on Uh, and then it's obviously maximizing your goalie starts with a couple of viable streamers there on the weekend from uh, Anton Forsberg, uh, Antti Rantna, and Kira Schmid, the backup for the Devils. And then I think a message that uh, the taxi squad wants to convey to everybody, including ourselves, is do not panic. Don't go crazy with dropping and f- trading and everything like that. I'm sure the majority of the people that listen to the show are, are competent GMs and have drafted competent teams, you know, be patient and, and find that one or two spots where you can stream from and see how your team kind of pans out of through the first month of the season before you do anything rash. But that's it, boys. We brought it in uh, nice and smooth on our first weekend preview. You know, thanks to the, all the listeners for your support and, and continuing to listen to us as we continue our journey in the interim for the, finest, the five-hole fantasy hockey team as their taxi squad this season. We're going to continue bringing you guys content. Uh, stay tuned for our upcoming week two preview we will also have an exciting show with maddie k joining us again of uh dangerous fairs our hot 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 spicy takes for 2023 we had a little bit of fun as a team just kind of throwing some crazy stuff out there that we think might or could reasonably or realistically possibly happen on another planet stay tuned for those two shows uh we will also be opening up our first ever taxi squad mailbag we will open that up to the five hole discord community uh later this week we will open that up to uh, our twitter followers later this week so stay tuned for that show in the coming weeks and get your questions in and your feedback into either myself alan or jay through the five hole discord when you see that prompt or uh through twitter uh, you can also reach out to maddie k as well he'll be involved in that show in the coming days uh, and we're really excited to be a part of you know, the best time of the year, right? All the sports are in. The puck is officially dropped. Hockey's here, boys. Let's get in. Let's get after it. 
We'll park the van cab for now. We'll turn off the fares, but hockey season's here. Fantasy hockey season's here. Let's go, baby. Let's go. We will see you next time. Good night, everybody. It's all love. Jay, turn off that fare. Nikita Kucherov, 164 goal pace. (laughs) (laughs) I'll leave that for the hot takes episode. We'll pick you up later. (laughs) For the love of God, don't pick up Ryan (laughs) O'Reilly. Good night, everybody.